Uh, welcome to Extra Sauce on the Side. I am here with Jen Delvo, who is a local fitness guru and inspiration to all. Um, Jen got involved in the Beachbody movement early on and so has been inspiring women to take control of their lives and their their well-being for a while now. And um, I'm so excited to have her on because her and her husband have a very unique experience in life and um, she's going through some exciting is not the word, but interesting things right now. So it's very cool to get to talk to her. Um, yeah. So Jen, introduce yourself. I I know about the Beachbody stuff because I was actually in your downline for a while. So that's how I started following you. Is, really? Yeah. <laughs> so when I, the first time I ever did Beachbody, I was with one of your coaches. So that's how I got introduced oh, to you. Who were you? Erin <laughs> Dahl. Okay. She yes. was... I love her. Yeah, she was under Stacy, who was yeah, under. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing. Okay, yeah. I feel I was like I, my light is much well, so that's okay. But yeah. um, I'm really excited to be here. I'm really excited to be here because number one, it's taking my mind off of the things that are going on right now that I'll get into in a minute. But yeah, my journey started with Beachbody 11 years ago. Which yeah, is so crazy to me. <laughs> but I was the person that like saw a picture of myself and I. I knew I'd let myself go. And, you know, I was like a mom first and a wife first. And I put everybody else's needs first and kind of forgot about myself. And then, um, I, so I saw this picture and I was like, oh, like, I need to make a change. So I got into beat body and, you know, Janelle's my upline. And I, and I was, and I went to high school with her actually yeah. middle school. Yeah. And so she was like, yes, like sign up. There's great workouts. There's a shake, la la la. And I was like, okay, cool. And like, but listen, like there's no chance I'm working this business. I just want to make sure we are super clear on that. And she was like, yeah, no problem at all. So I, that's what I did. I signed up just to get healthy at a discount. Who doesn't want a discount? Yeah. And I had results and I started feeling good. And then my community and my friends and my family, they all started to take notice and they were like, what are you doing? And so then I, I started like my wheels started turning and I was like, maybe I can do this because I was in real estate at the time yeah. and it was when r- the real estate market was awful in 2009. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, you know, I kind of went into the office and sat there and really didn't do much. And so I was doing this on the side and kind of getting into it a little bit. And then I was like, I'm going to try this. And so I just started dipping my toes in the actual business aspect of it. And I, you know, just had this community and it was fun and then all of a sudden, our world's turned upside down when Darren was diagnosed. Yeah. So it was, oh, I don't know how detailed you want me to get into that. I want you to get as detailed as you're comfortable with. The whole point of this is to okay. to really um, show people the behind the scenes, right? Because I think you're one of the original boss babes, and we can say that because it was cool to say boss babe when you started. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think people sometimes get caught up in the glamour of that. And you've, yeah. you've got, you and your family have gone through a lot and you've been very good about staying positive with it. But I think it's going to be very relatable for people to hear about all of the curveballs you've been thrown. Oh yeah. And there are, and, and you know, like even with what I'm going through now, people are like, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, listen, <laughs> listen, there are moments yeah. within madness, but so, okay. Well, Darren, he just started like, having issues 
with writing emails and with his work and word finding. And so he went to the doctors and they were like, you're fine. He's like, I like, maybe I have brain cancer. And that guy's like, okay. The doctor's like 98% sure that's not the case, but he's like, we'll just set up an MRI. Actually first they did like a psychological testing on him and evaluation. And he failed miserably on the short-term memory stuff. Okay. And they there's clearly something organic going on. So that's when they scheduled the MRI. And then, um, so we went to, and the MRI happened to be on my birthday. What a gift. Lovely. So <laughs> it's funny, it was like nine at night. They, they do MRIs like all, you know, throughout the day. Yeah. So we actually went and had a really nice dinner with my family and friends beforehand. And then we were planning on meeting friends after this silly little MRI for more drinks, you know? And so they, we were at the hospital, the doctor, or it's a tech, who was a tech comes and gets scared. He's like, I'll have him back in about 45 minutes. I'm like, perfect. I'm talking to my friends. Like we're talking about what we're going to do. And then it's 45 minutes and I'm like, oh. so I'm starting to like pace a little bit. And then all of a sudden it's an hour. And I'm like, what in the world? You're like, so we've got drink plans. Excuse me. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Like I've got things to do. <laughs> my birthday. <laughs> So we go, uh, so then I start like kind of walking out in the hallway, just like looking. And then I see the tech coming down the hallway. And I was like, he said he was going to bring Darren back to me. And that's when all of a sudden that at that moment was when panic set in. Yeah. And I was like, and he came in and he was like, Hey, so come with me. He's just getting, um, you change. And I was like, this is weird. I'm like, okay, maybe cause this is taking so long. Darren was worried and he wanted me to come back there. And, um, I, you know, I was just, you're rationalizing because it can't be right. anything. All, totally not. Right. I'm still like trying to think through it all. And so I go into this little tiny room, this little like changing room. He walks into the room. Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Yes. It's explicit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he walks into the pot or into the um, little changing room with an IV in his arm. And I go, what the fuck? Yeah. What, what in the actual fuck is going on right now? Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. They see something. So I'm they just put like, an IV in him and didn't say anything. Well, they, so what happened is he had an MRI and then they, they saw something. So they put contrast in, which oh. then you needed that's why the MRI took a little bit longer. Okay. And so they, they were walking us up to the ER. He, they, he was not just going and doing this test of going home and somebody was calling him. It was so big that they were immediately bringing us up to the ER. Whew. He goes, they're bringing me up, you know, we're going up to the ER. I'm like, what? And then all of a sudden, it's the weirdest thing what your body does. You don't even, you're like going in slow motion. Like I remember the walk. I remember seeing, I, Still to this day, I can see the smush tomato on the floor as I'm like walking down the hallways and I'm like, not even thinking clearly. Like yeah. it's so bizarre. Like you have this out of body experience and you're like, is this really happening? So we go to the ER and of course they like treat us like Kings and Queens and get us blankets and you know, all the things because I, and I'm like, this is bad. Like yeah. if they would, you know, when you go to the ER, you're usually waiting and it sucks and people are mean. And we were treated like Kings and Queens. Like we were like, so then like three doctors came in and they said, we see a mass. And Darren, of course, was just sat there and he was like, okay. And I literally like didn't hear another word. Yeah. And I was like, 
I'll be right back. And I went into the bathroom and got like violently ill. Oh, and well. then I came back. Yeah. And then I came back because, you know, I think like at that point when somebody says brain cancer or they see a mass in your brain. Yeah. Right. away you think my life is over. Like he's going to die. Like he's going to die or be an invalid. There's in your brain. Right. Yeah. Correct. Like you're going to yeah. be wiping his butt for the rest of your life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So those are, my, those are the things that go through your head. So I just like have a freak out moment. And then I go back in and he was so calm and he's really smart. He's knowledgeable about like, um, he was a pharmacist. Okay. I don't know if you know that. So he, um, so he knows all about drugs and they wanted to keep him in the hospital and literally like perform surgery the next day. And he was like, no, I need to go home. So give me a big dose of Decadron. Cause there was so much swelling in the brain that is creating, it was like tilted. Okay. So yeah, it was a whirlwind. So like within a week, all of a sudden in the doctors were so grim. Oh my gosh. The, if I can tell you one thing right now, they literally don't know anything until they get by the pathology. Don't let them tell you like, this is going to be a grade four or whatever. They don't know. Yeah. But the doctor was saying, yeah, he's got like 18 months to live. Like, this is bad. This is going to be a grade four, 18 months to live. And he was like, no, I'm not. Yeah. I have kids and I need to be here. And that's been his attitude since day one. I, at that point was a train wreck. Like he actually had to ask his doctor if they could prescribe me Xanax yeah. because I mess. Well, and you're not but processing anything at that point either. Nothing. Yeah. nothing. I was in a literal, like a mess. How long ago was this? Was this like. A sub- that was in 2009. Okay. So. And back then, like I've learned, I'm such a different person now than I, like who I was then. I didn't know what to do. I just went in panic mode and I just was like, okay, whatever the doctor says we do. Yeah. So like within a week, he's having brain surgery and it did end up being a grade two. And so we didn't do radiation or chemo. They didn't think we needed to. And I really didn't do any more research. Yeah. And, but I will tell you like, I almost took my Beachbody business off my plate because I remember being in the waiting room because they had just given him like a psychological evaluation. And it was like, like this story that a kindergartner would be able to answer. And he failed it miserably. And so I'm like racking my brain going, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Cause I just started Beachbody. I wasn't making any money yet. You know, so new. And, uh, real estate was terrible. And I'm like, he's not going to be able to go back to work. Cause he can't even remember the little basics in this one story, this yeah. paragraph. And so I was almost took this off my plate, like almost, but I, and I was racking my brain, like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then I just decided to go full force with this. And thankfully Darren did go, was able to go back to work for a couple of years. Yeah. Cause he did come back 18 months later. Right. More aggressive. That was insane. That's a whole nother story. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's, he, he likes to like shake things up a lot. Yeah. Not on purpose. His, his body right. likes to shake things up a lot. Thankfully, <laughs> he has the best attitude through it. But yeah. So, and then two years later came back, but I dove into the business and then I dove into research. Yeah. Like once we were out of the woods, then I really started learning about it. And when he, it came back that second time, more aggressive, it came back as a grade three and he had a stroke afterwards. Ooh. He was on chemo for a year. He was on radiation. Like it was a mess for a whole year. 
But I literally, after that, think I could perform brain surgery because I dove into all of it. We researched the heck out of it. We got him the best of the best of the best. I could travel anywhere and get him the care he needed, thank God. And um, yeah, and then they came back again. It, it Literally, March 1st is two years from his third brain surgery. Holy cow. So is he yeah. is he in remission right now? Like, did they? No. Okay. He'll never. Okay. So his is a glioblastoma grade four. Okay. So statistically, I mean, survival on that is about 14 to 18 months. I know. And he's here. He is two years later. Yeah. Great. And Work, he's came up from his workout. <laughs> because he is who he is. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about doctors before we get to where you're at now. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you guys have had a lot of experience with losing a little bit of faith in the medical system. Um, If you could give anyone advice who is currently going through the diagnosis process, what would you tell them? It's really scary at first. You just really, and even like in my experience now, like you, but you have to like do your research. You have to talk to local people. If you have to travel, do it. It literally can change your life. Trust your intuition. Doctors are not always right. I literally stopped one brain surgery from happening for Darren. And I think I saved his life. They were going to do another one after that stroke and all the infection. And the doctor was like, basically fired us. And I was like, good, but he's not doing another brain surgery because he's not going to survive this. And I truly believe that to the core. Like I truly believe that he probably wouldn't have survived that brain surgery. And so you have to step in. You have to remember that doctors aren't always right. They're not God, they're not miracle workers. They do what they know, but they're not always right. Like, you know, your person, like if something isn't working with the person you're caring for, or you're not trusting it, or they're not just follow your gut. Like that's one major thing with doctors and do your research. Like research is everything. You have to get good people. And sometimes they don't have good bedside manners, but they're really good doctors and that's okay. You know what I mean? It's your life. Right. You'd rather be alive and a little offended than. Yeah. (laughs) In fact, Darren's first doctor, this was before research. um, He's the one that was super grim and like he's got 18 months to live. And he also messed up because Darren had that like almost two year mark later when it came back. He all of a sudden was like, Jen, I don't feel right. And he started having like little seizure activity in his arm. And so he did an MRI and that doctor, that same doctor said, no, it looks great. You're good. And Darren's like, no, it's not. It's not good. There's something not right here. So we had another doctor that we knew a friend um, look at it and he was like, oh no, yeah, this is good. And honestly, you can't, we cannot help you here in Michigan. You've got to go somewhere where they can do an awake brain surgery. So his, yeah. So you have to like, trust yourself, trust your gut. Don't always, doctors are smart. They're great. We love them. They save lives, but they're not always right. Right. Yeah. That's so true. Okay. So you're going through this journey with Darren and then you find out last year that it's back and there's nothing you can really do about it. And you're just living your best life in the meantime, because you've been doing that for 11 years now. Um, Uh And then what, what recently happened just as the like lovely cherry on top. I know. Right. (laughs) Yeah. The amazing thing with Darren is just, he just has the, the best attitude ever, yeah. ever. So, um, yeah, so this just happened 
like uh, we're going on, I think like eight days. So I went in for my routine uh, mammogram. I get them every year. I'm really good about getting them. And uh, they call me back and say, Hey, so we see a little something and we need you to come back and do a repeat mammogram and ultrasound. And I was like, okay, no big deal. You know, this isn't going to be anything. They do this all the time. Yeah. I just wasn't even like concerned even a little. And she said, this is the only weird thing. She said, do you want to know which breast? And I was like, sure. And so she's looking and I'm like, it's my left. It's my left. You knew? But I still didn't think anything was wrong with me. But I said left, like weirdly. I don't know why. So she, um, so anyway, so I go in like that, that next week or whatever, like four days later, repeat. It's, a, it's last week, Thursday, repeat mammogram and ultrasound. So I go in to get the mammogram and they, she does all these just on one side and does all these pictures. The first picture, I don't think she saw anything. And then she found, found it in like the second or third picture. And she's like, I'm going to have the radiologist look at this. It still might be nothing. Don't worry. And I'm like, okay. So she comes back. She's like, he does want you to do the ultrasound. Cause that's how they do it, which is kind of cool here. I don't know how they do it, you know, everywhere, but you don't, you go from one to the next and they just kind of follow you along. And the shitty part is, is when a doctor comes in at the end, then you know, it's not good. Yeah. You hope, it, you hope that one of those points are going to send you home. So I finished the mammogram, get ready for the ultrasound. In fact, you know, I'm big on social media. So yeah. I post on my stories, like who else has had to have a repeat, repeat mammogram and ultrasound. And so many people. Well, it happens all the time. Like they don't squeeze your boob right. And they get a exactly. fake. Yeah. And they just see things and there's, you know, I've got um very dense breasts. Yeah. So like, I really wasn't worried at all. So I go in for the ultrasound and it's totally still fine. And then she puts this stuff on my boob and she's got the little wand and she's, you know, moving around. And then all of a sudden she stops in this one area for a very long time and is taking a lot of pictures. So I start sweating a little bit and I'm like, what the hell? And then she moves up to under my arm and she's under my arm forever. I'm like, what the hell? Like, why is she under my arm? And then, and she was really quiet, hardly said a word to me. And then she was like, um, okay, I'm going to be back with the doctor with the results. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> so I call my, or I text my sister because my sister weirdly just went through all this. Yeah. Hers ended up nothing, but she got, she had to do the mammogram and then the repeat and then the ultrasound and like all the things. So I was like, did this happen to you? Did they go into your armpit? She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Okay. I'm like, well, they said the doctor's coming in with the results. She's like, shit. And I'm like, I know. So all of a sudden he came in the saddest eyes in the world. Oh gosh. I'm like, come on. And just looks at me. He's like, we definitely see a lesion. We don't know if it's cancer yet. So we need to do a biopsy on it. Uh, And like, and you know, my mind goes a little blank and I was like, okay, all right. But I'm still not worried. I'm like, there's no chance. Well, people get benign lesions all the time in their boobs. So I'm like, nothing, nothing. (laughs) Still. So I go home and I'm fine. Like Drew, my son, Drew, 15 year old is here and Darren. And I'm like, I'm fine. It's going to be good. And then they call me like within 20 minutes of being home. And she's like, Hey, this is nurse, blah, blah, blah. She's like, so we need to get you in ASAP for this biopsy. Just so you know, the doctor is 95% sure that this is cancer. And I was like, 
then my world stopped. Yeah. Then I was like, how can this be? And I, and I did at that moment, like I have a freak out and Darren like brought me wine. <laughs> me wine. <laughs> I think even more weepier. Cause then I was like, just like crying and like buzzed and like, it's over, you know, all the things. Yeah, of course. Seriously. And then, um, yeah. And then I did the biopsy the next day and you have to wait a few days. Like I didn't get the final result until Monday evening. Yeah. And that weekend was really, last weekend was really hard. Like I was, I was having a hard time. Like I couldn't get a grip. My mind was going to the craziest places, you know, because I worry so much about my, my 15 year old. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, how can this be happening to him? Like, is he going to have to take care of his dad or his dad going to die? And then I like, you know, and then you start thinking of like my neck hurts and my, you start thinking the craziest thing. Yeah. So, but finally I got the diagnosis and what, once I got that, I could like breathe again. Yeah. So what's your diagnosis? It's an invasive, uh, ductal carcinoma. Okay. So, you know, and it's, I don't know everything yet. So on, um, tomorrow, Monday, they do an MRI because it was so hard to see, like it was really like obscure and hard to see that they're just going to make sure that there's not anything else. And if there's nothing else, then I have surgery on Wednesday and lumpectomy. And then they do a lymph node resection just to make sure there's no cancer there. And if there's no cancer there, and then I won't have to do chemo, um, I'll recover and then do radiation. Okay. So they're not going to, they're not going to take the full breast, just the lump. Not yet. So what they do is they take, um, they take, uh, octo, I think it's called octo type test. So they take this, they send it out to California and this tells you how aggressive it is. Okay. So if it is aggressive, then she said, we come back to the table and we do a double mastectomy. Okay. So, I mean, like, you know, I think that like just anybody else that's like going through this or newly going through it when I didn't know and still it's helping me now, but like when I didn't know what helped me was meditation. Okay. Like, and, and also naming the voice. I listen to podcasts, you know, I'm like podcast junkie. Yeah. And so I, I love the model health show. I don't know if you listen to Sean Stevenson. No, I don't, but I'll tag it in the show notes so we can make sure people can listen to it. Yeah. He's awesome. And I think he was talking about, Oh, he was, he was interviewing Dr. Amen. Okay. Um, Dr. Amen is like, he scans brains for people that have like ADD or like whatever. And so he was talking about like the voices in our head and how they can just say these awful things that aren't real. And it can literally make somebody go crazy. And he said, the best thing you could do is name that voice and tell it where to go. Yeah. And so I named that voice and I would literally have conversation. Like I'm like literally a lunatic last weekend, the <laughs> conversations I was having out loud to myself. And the deals I was making with God, like I had a lot going on. Yeah. Well, you've got two kids who are in the prime <laughs> so, of their life right now. And, and you're trying to stay positive while keeping their experience good. And there's a lot going on. So I, I don't blame you. And, and the power of the brain is crazy. Like you can tell yourself neg- right. those negative things and they can turn into a reality because your brain, mm-hmm. your body just reacts what, to what your brain says. So uh. Yes. And I, and so I got this app too, and I'll share some resources whenever, but, um, this app unplug, 
um, it's great. And there's like serious, like healing. Like I've always tried to meditate. Yeah. I've always been like, I'll meditate. And I sit there for five minutes. I'm like, what am I doing? Like my mind's going a million different directions. I got to get to work. So I never was good at it. And I think when something like this happens, you literally want to heal your body that you start, you really dig it. So that was really helpful and just calmed me for sure. Yeah. Especially when you're waiting for results like that and there's nothing you can do. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. And getting out, like you're going to be like, come on, let's go. And I'm like, no. And I, and it did like, you got to just get out and do things. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to take a break for like 30 seconds. We are back. Hello. So <laughs> it's very official around here. I've got my cat. Yeah. I've got some coffee and I'm ready to hear. Oh, your dog's. Did you see She's right there. She's so loved. So your dog is like your shadow, which I love. <laughs> she has to be by me all the time. And like during this whole thing with me, she was like on top of me. Like I was like, oh my gosh, she knows. Like I'm dying. Like. Seriously. (laughs) She was helping with you being dramatic. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. So good to know that you do have dramatic moments. Um, So share a little bit about how even starting 11 years ago, how you guys have stayed positive and, and forced yourselves to keep going out. I think that's applicable even if you don't have cancer, if you have mental illness or you have just seasonal depression like it's really hard to get out of the house and especially now that COVID has happened and we've lost all our social skills yeah that is so yeah I I mean I have to say like I I I thank God that I started this fitness journey before Darren was diagnosed because I didn't understand I didn't have the knowledge and I didn't have the love for fitness yet Mm -hmm. and that for me fitness alone just moving your body exercise is therapeutic. That is therapy. Um, so we have that. I listen to personal development. My morning routine is huge. It's important. I write out my affirmations. I listen to something. I um, always am listening to a podcast. I just keep myself listening to positive things. Yeah. So that always helps. Darren is like amazing. Like he's taught us so much and he's so funny. Like the things that he does with his brain, like it doesn't work all the time right now. And we'll find like toasters in the fridge and like the weirdest stuff in the weirdest place. I'll come back and be like, you won't believe what I just did. I was about to take a drink of water and I threw it in my face. Like things happen to him all the time. And we laugh. Yeah, you have like, to. Laughter. laughter is everything. Darren, I, I'm not in, I don't love the show, but Darren, when he was going through his treatment and radiation and chemo and he was really sick, he would listen to or watch the show. Oh gosh, with Rob Deerdick and oh, I can't think of the name oh, of it right uh, now. Where they play the videos or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the name? Used to be the factory or he, the Fantasy Factory too, but not that one. Um, ridiculousness. Yes. Or ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So that show, laughter is really important, and I think even like. Just watching a movie or something that makes you laugh. Sorry, I'm Thank taking you. a picture of my cat because he's literally staring at you right now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he's right That's in so the funny. way. <laughs> no way. That's so funny. Sorry. Anyways, he's watching Ridiculousness. I got very distracted. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. 
I keep that laughter, just laughter, fitness, personal development, pretending like it's not happening. Darren and I would go to, you know, I'm just so early on my stage. So I'm always referring back to his stage. When we had appointments, we would get dressed up. Yeah. We, I mean, not, not, not like in a dress and a suit, but we'd have like a fun outfit on and then go have lunch or dinner afterwards. Like if we had to go to Houston for one of his treatments or to prep for surgery, we stayed at a swanky hotel and we lived it up and we went out to fun restaurants and we, so we made it all fun. And we'd go to his radiation treatments and the sucky part now, I will say because of COVID that people don't have somebody else with them yeah. is super sad during this. Like I can't imagine, but Darren, we would go and we would be the ones just laughing in there and talking and like, so his treatments were like some of our favorite times because yeah. there was nothing else to practice, no social media, no kids. It was just him and I talking and laughing and having fun. So, you know, and, and talking about your future yeah. and your dreams and planning and vacations, or maybe you can't travel, but just planning stuff. Darren and I would have date nights in weekly, like where we would make a dinner together and have wine and put on music. Like we enjoy life. Yeah. And you have no choice but to. And I think that's, that's a beautiful thing that has come out of this, right? Is that you guys enjoy every second you have together because you don't know if it's the last. Yeah. And we have, we've had the deepest, darkest, saddest, most beautiful conversations that I don't think a lot of people get to have. Yeah. No, we truly look at cancer as like a gift because it taught us how to live and it taught us how to be open. And I mean, like there was one night, this was when Darren was not great. This was last year. He was just finishing up his chemo and he was just rough. And we ended up being in, it was like Friday and, and we ended up having some, I was like so surprised. I'm like, you want to have wine? Like I'll make us a dinner. And and then I put on music and then all of a sudden he starts talking about like, okay, so here's, you know, this is what I'm thinking for a funeral. Here's a song. I'm like, what are you, you know, yeah. like falling, but it was just a conversation that we had to have. And some people don't ever get that. Yeah. And it's something that like can make the grieving process after it's over a little easier because yeah. you know, you're doing exactly what they would have wanted. You know, if you don't have that conversation, I, yeah. I come from a family where we talk about dying all the time, which is a little weird because really? we're like relatively healthy, but I ask my parents yeah. all the time and they still haven't decided. I'm like, what do you want done with your body? Like, what do you want? Because if we don't talk about it and you don't have it in a will, yeah. I don't know. I'm like, throw me in right. the trash. I don't care what you do with me. Throw a party. <laughs> it'll be fine. Don't spend money on my funeral. Yeah. That's how I feel. But uh, here- Darren's I would like he his whole it was a joke like it's not real but he wanted a a, a black tie funeral oh yeah like, like Met Gala style <laughs> yes yeah. he he's like I would like a statue of myself I want my name on something he's hysterical so that that's why I just think like laughter is everything we interestingly enough you get to know people when you're in treatment because you kind of go at the same time every day so we got to know another couple that were around our age and he also had the exact same diagnosis as Darren and the difference in how both of our paths went is kind of crazy because they ended up divorced he was very depressed very sad couldn't get over the whole you know and it was just and it's different for them and I think because of Darren's attitude it's everything. Yeah. So, it enhanced your life. 
Totally. Yeah. yeah and uh, if people want to hear you and Darren riffing with each other, which is what you do, tell us a little yeah. bit about your podcast, because I think it's a really fun way for people to see how you do keep the joy alive in your life. Yeah. It has been so fun, so therapeutic, as you know. Yeah. Like podcasting is like the best thing in the world. It's so nice to have and, the to have the audio too, in case something does happen to someone. We have right. we have these memories forever. Totally, absolutely. So we, that's kind of what we did. We were like, okay, I think it was maybe three years ago that we started ours. So it's called Mister Worldwide and His Bride, and it's Mister Worldwide. It's because Darren is bald and he literally looks like um like Pitbull. Uh, yeah, I mean exactly. And I was right. So we started this show just to kind of share our journey. And we used to in the beginning, because when we started this, we weren't dealing with any cancer at that point. Okay. I mean, we were, but he, was, he wasn't like had, doing treatments or anything like that. So we t- talked a lot about parenting because I have a daughter who is a wild child, mm-hmm. still like it's crazy. So we would talk about health, fitness, cancer, and parenting. And now we're back into, you know, focusing on breast cancer. So this podcast kind of evolves, but it's kind of funny because it's Darren and I going back and forth. And he says sometimes things that are super inappropriate. <laughs> he always shocks people. He's like, I'm like, can you say that? Does he, does he blame it on the brain cancer sometimes? Is he like, well, I just got to say what yeah. I got to say. <laughs> yeah, he's just, uh, he just, yeah, he has no filter. <laughs> So, well, I'm like that, fun. and I don't have brain cancer, so I should hang out with him sometime. <laughs> yeah, you love him. Everybody does. Everybody that needs him loves him. He's awesome. Um, yeah. So what is the future looking like for you guys? What do you have goal-wise? And also, like, can you talk a little bit about how you make money? I know nobody likes to talk about that, but with going through cancer yeah. journeys, it's really important for people to understand why you can stay in a nice hotel when you go places and w- why right. you can – enjoy life to the fullest and go on trips still, even though you're going through treatments. Yeah, I absolutely. I love that you're asking this because before this, it's interesting. Like when you are all of a sudden have a life threatening thing happen, you're like, I want to freaking live my life. Yeah. And so that was, I dove into what stopped me because Beachbody is, you know, multi-level marketing, it's building a team, it's reaching out to people, but it's all helping people with things that you love and you're passionate about and that you totally believe in. And that all scared me. I didn't dare to put myself out on social media. I didn't dare to reach out and try to help somebody because I was like, who am I? But you know, and when all of a sudden cancer comes into your life, you're like, I don't give a shit. I'm just trying to help this person. You know what I mean? I want to literally make their lives better. I'm not like offering them some gross car from some used, you know what yeah. I mean? So I dove deep into that. And so by building a team and then teaching my team how to duplicate what I've done is how I've really been able to just build a really big business. Okay. And it's given us an opportunity, thank God, to be able to choose where we get his treatments and to be able to choose live this dream life because we were like, we wanted to create memories for our kids because we just didn't know. Yeah. You know, and that was the other when I was my weekend of like losing my mind. I was like, maybe this was all because of me. Maybe it's all, you know, when I was like, we got to create this life in case Darren dies and for our kids, like, I want to have these memories. I'm like, maybe it was all because of me. Like, <laughs> all along you were doing it and God had a plan and he didn't tell you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And then our future is, I'm going to just, get through this whole next step. Yeah. And you know, another thing, I'm so thankful that I'm in the business that I'm in that 
I can work it when I want. Like I can, I don't have to like take weeks off of my job. I can work it when I want to. And it gives me therapy. Like my team is like, we don't want to bug you right now. I'm like, bug me. <laughs> like I want to be sidetracked by, by all this craziness because this is like a step outside of cancer. Like when I'm doing my work, you know what yeah. I mean? Like when I'm, when I'm helping people and that's what I'd love to do more than anything that gives me peace and that gives me purpose. And that gives me something other than what I'm dealing with. Right. Yeah. So would you say the way you guys live life is, is kind of making the most of every moment and not thinking too far in the future or do you make big plans for the future? Like, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say not too big into the future. Like when people do ask those questions, like where do you see yourself in five years? That always scared me because I did. I, that was really hard for me to answer. You know, but here Darren is, he's like a miracle. He just keeps, keeps trucking along. Keeps living. Like, beating all the odds. So like, I, that was hard for me to make big plans like that, but I have a huge plan. That's why I like waiting and not knowing is frustrating. I just don't plan too far out. Okay. <laughs> step by step, little baby steps. And I think that's like what I'm hearing from other women that are like, have dealt with breast cancer is that just take one stage at a time. Yeah. So like right now I'm focused on preparing for the surgery and nothing else. And then I'll come back and I'll figure out radiation. You know what I mean? And then we'll figure out, am I going to take this pill a day? You know what I mean? Like I'll just one step at a time. I think that's super important. Yeah. As well as doing your research before you commit to those steps. Oh, a thousand percent. So the, and, and it's funny, you go through like just so many different emotions and you're, you're all over the place a little bit, but then I like this morning, I dove deep into like research on like the naturopath side of breast cancer and how I can control this. Because when you have the diagnosis of cancer, you feel out of control. Like you've just lost control of your whole life, but there are things that you can do to control it. And it makes you feel better. It makes you feel like, okay, I'm in charge. Like I'm going to do things that I know that I can help myself, whether it be that be with nutrition, you know, I read up in that, like, um, acupressure, uh, acupuncture. Um, I already, I'm doing a sacral cranial sacral next week. Like I'm just signing, getting things lined up. Well, you up. guys do IV therapy sometimes too, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I love that place. In fact, I was like, I need to do that. Like all the things, like all that has been just at my forefront, whatever I can do to take care of me. Yeah. Or even just make yourself feel a tiny bit better. You know, that's, that's the thing is like, even if it's not working in a scientific sense, if it makes you feel better, it's worth it. Thousand percent. Same thing with the, like the whole um, meditation. I'm like, I don't know if it's working, but I can tell you, I feel calmer. Yeah. You know, like just maybe it is. Maybe the when I imagine that that yellow light flowing through my body and you know what I mean, healing me. I don't know if that's working, but it makes me feel better. Yeah. So it makes me feel like I'm more in control. Yeah, and uh, over something that literally, by its nature, is out of control. You know. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um. So. Uh, if people are interested in Beachbody, what does that entail? How can they support you guys? Well, so I have, I have, um, first of all, I have a virtual gym. So if you're like me and you started out like me and you're like, I'm nervous. I don't want to, I don't want to work the business. I just want to get healthy and, you know, fit at a discount. There's so many tools that I have for that, for that person. You know, I have a virtual gym on Facebook or we have this new bot app. um, So they can join me there if they want to like, work it a little bit. I have tools in place to really help them have success 
or if they're like, I want to be like you and I literally want to go for it. I can help that person as well. So I have, it's, it's, it's like the craziest thing. It's, there's no like requirement. There's no, like you've got to sign up for so many years or you've got to buy all this product. It's literally, you're buying the product that you're going to use and you don't, you know, you don't have to buy it, but if you want to, there's no, there's, you can't, there's no lose. There's no losing it. Yeah. You only are going to gain like knowledge on your health and fitness and you're going to gain a community and support and like friendships. Like there's nothing to lose. That's what I always tell people, except for maybe a little weight. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. That's and if it. it doesn't work for you, it's just another yeah. thing you tried that didn't work. Whatever. Totally. You know, like it's just so fun, especially in this COVID world to do things online and virtually and to be able to help people. Like I wake up every morning. I'm like, is this real life. Like this is what I get paid to do. It's insane. Yeah. It's the greatest ever. Yeah. And I, from being on your team and being a part of Beachbody for a while, and then I stopped because there were other protein options that made sense for me and whatever. And then I gained all the weight back. So, um, (laughs) I, I, no one in, in your team is like pressuring you to do anything more than you want to, you know, and that's not your style. Right. Yeah. No, our team is like, so our, if you join my team, you can take it whatever direction you want. Yeah. There are some teams that like, are like, you got to hit this rank, this rank. We are like, not that we are a sisterhood. We are a community. We are, there's a ton of love and support. And it's just uh, like, our, did you ever get to go to any of the trips? I didn't No, I wasn't, I didn't move oh, up at all. Good Lord. When you come together as a community and you're actually live for the first time, like each body has quarterly events, obviously right now it's not because of COVID, but there's trips and um, Beachbody summits. It's like unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. In fact, we're, I think a group of us, like once I'm done with this, we're just going to plan a weekend girls trip just for fun. Because you need, you need it in your life. And that's the beauty of being involved in an MLM, right? Is like that you have that community with you. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all over. It's like girlfriends, my best friends that I would never have had if it wasn't for this. Truly. It's crazy. Yeah. What do you think you'd be doing if you weren't doing this? I have no idea. <laughs> I actually think that I would definitely be overweight if I hadn't started this because I, I'm, I have that body type. I'm five, two, I'm super yeah. short and like, wait, I, if I look at the wrong food, it, it just you yeah. know, attaches to me. So, um, I, I think I would really be in a bad headspace. Because the vital behaviors of this business is personal development. You work it on you. That's number one. Yeah. And number one and number two, those are the first two. And I don't, I've learned so much about that within this, you know, within our like trainings and calls. Like I've learned so much about myself from this job. I don't know where I'm Well, be. and I just do- think about all those years you've put into taking care of your body and how different your cancer diagnosis could have been. Totally. Oh my gosh. That has totally hit me. I'm like, what if this would have come five years ago, way more aggressive, but because I've been like completely taking care of myself and I really watch what I eat. And I like, I'm like, you know, I, I'll try all the things like mushrooms and I mean, not shrooms. I mean, not the psychedelic. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, worse than that, like, I try all the You got to live your life, you know? I mean, whatever. Yeah. If it works, it works. <laughs> <laughs> we just <love> <laughs> Okay. Um, I think we've 
covered everything. Is there anything else? Uh, Obviously, if you, even if you don't want to get involved in Beachbody, follow Jenna on Instagram. Her content is really inspiring. It's great because she'll share tips with you, even if you're not sending her money, because that's not what she's in it for. Um, And it's just a way to keep up on their story. And it's going to get a little, little sticky here. So she can use all the encouragement she could get, I'm sure. So um, make sure you follow Jen. I'll tag her page in the show notes. And then, um, yeah, that's all I've got. So thanks for being here. I'm so glad we finally got to meet. And I know. know. I'm going to get you back on the team too. (laughs) But really quick, if um, there is, so there's a couple things I was going to tell you. Oh my gosh, please reach out. Or, you know, if you know somebody else that's dealing with breast cancer, have them reach out to me. I'm not just about Beachbody. That's just part of, that's that's a little tiny bit of me. I'm so much more than that. I love helping anybody that's dealing with cancer. That's my number one. So, um, but definitely like breastcancer.com. I just looked uh, into that this morning. Uh, TCMworld.org is more dealing with that Chinese medicine and like the, I don't know. That's all new to me, but I'm just learning. I'm just learning. And then have you ever been to Lumin- Luminicity? Luminicity? No. Center for Healing? No. It's local, but I'm hearing amazing things about it. Okay. I'll send you the spelling of it. You like it. I'm going to go there, but all of a sudden, a lot of local people have said that's the place to be for really natural path, like if you're dealing with cancer. So that's local stuff. But yeah. So definitely, yeah, I, I appreciate you having me yeah. on. Like, I love sharing this journey. If I can help one other person that's everything well and that's our goal here too is to get every if there's one person that connects with your story that's what we're going for so also i meant to ask too are there like support groups that you've been a part of do you have like groups of friends who have been through similar things yes so i will tell you this you have to be careful with it um because there are some support groups i'm part of one that's for glioblastoma wives and what we deal with is very different than what a lot of people deal with glioblastomas, and it's a very depressing. So you have to watch your heart, and, and if something becomes, you know, too depressing and makes you sad, it's not the right group for you. You want to have a group that's going to educate you, maybe lift your spirits, and you know, because there's a million groups. Yeah, you can and join. get you out of the house, right? Like that's the point yeah. is to have community and something outside of your home to bring you a little joy with people who understand. Yes, because so many people get stuck in these groups that are like just so depressing and they want to research everything. You've got to step outside your cancer. Yeah. You got to pretend it's not happening for a little bit. That Darren and I do that all the time. Yeah. So yeah. And and I mean so just be careful with that. But definitely you want to be surrounded about surrounded by people who either have been through it you like their personality. They've got the right mindset about it. They're not the, oh, poor me, depressed, like negative. You want that out and it's okay. Like right now you can say, hey, I just need a little break for a little bit, like from certain people yeah. that maybe I'll bring you yeah. down. And that's, so we do. that's even outside of support groups. Like, you know, your friends who are always like negative on the negative side of things. And you don't need that in your life. If you're going through something like this or really any hard moment in your life, learn to create that boundary where you say, okay, I still care about you, but your energy is really harsh in my mellow. Right. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Your energy is so important right now. You need to have good energy for sure. So you need to be surrounded by that. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. Oh, fine. Yeah, we did it so quickly too. Yeah. So good for us. 
more more people will listen if it's shorter. So 